Thank you for tuning in to the Mindful Babes podcast. I'm your host, Valerie Adams, mindset coach, entrepreneur, and manifestation enthusiast. I am obsessed with supporting you in living the life of your dreams. Each week, I'll be providing you with a quick bite of mind food so you can live the life that you were put on this planet to live. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. Let's dive in. Hi, beautiful. I hope you are having an incredible day. And I trust that you clicked play on this episode because the message you are about to hear is exactly what you needed to hear. This is always my intention. This is always my belief. So I invite you to adopt it too. And today we are going to be talking all about rejection the fear of rejection and new meanings that we can actually create around the perceived rejection, because there's probably a way that you're thinking about it right now that isn't serving you. That's causing you stress. That's having you freeze. That's having you not take action. That's having you feel really hurt, feel like, oh my gosh, I don't have thick enough skin for this. And so My goal is to give you some new perspective shifts so that you can continue on your journey and get closer and closer every day to attracting your dream relationship and doing it in a way that feels really confident and empowering. So before we dive in, I just want to share with you that I'm super duper excited because the wait list to join this round of Fall in Love is officially open. So if you've never heard of Fall in Love, Fall in Love is my signature group coaching program. It is my most beloved, most transformational experience that I have besides private coaching, of course, which is very powerful to have that one-on-one interaction. And fall in love, it is for you if you are ready to let go of what's getting in your way, let go of pain from the past, really heal from any past relationships, anything that gets in the way of you finally, finally attracting your dream partnership, having you fall in love with you. This is really a an experience that's going to support you in falling in love with you first and foremost, because it's a you thing. You are that person first and really giving you the support you need to attract your dream relationship. So by being on the wait list, not only am I giving you $200 off of fall in love, you're also going to get first crack early access to apply to be a part of this next round. So you may be like, wait, I have to apply. What? The reason I do that is because this is a very high touch program. You are going to be my top priority for 12 weeks. So I need to make sure that I only have a certain amount of women joining because I want you to have that overflow of support. So the women who do end up joining, they are committed, they are ready, they are hungry, and they've applied. And so of course, it's a mutual fit and it's super exciting. I want you to be able to apply before anyone else because spots always fill up. I always sell out. I have to turn people away every round. So I want you on this wait list. Okay. So let's dive in. 
So fear of rejection. So the fear of rejection is one of the biggest things that I see getting in the way of women taking action and doing the things that they know will help move the needle forward in dating. And we've all experienced fear of rejection in some way. There's not a human being on this planet who's like, nope, I've never been afraid of being rejected, that is a bold face lie. And we can feel rejection in a million different areas of life, not just love and dating. For example, you know, sales, maybe you're scared of reaching out to that one lead again, because they told you no last month and you need to hit your quota and you might piss them off and they might say, stop calling me if you call. And then that's rejection. You know, maybe you're scared of um, applying for a certain apartment complex, right? You're so scared of getting your hopes up and, you know, not getting it. Maybe you're afraid of putting an offer into a house and you're afraid of that rejection. And it's not the rejection. It's about the meaning you make of it, right? So it's not actually about the no, it's about what you make the no mean. And that's what causes us pain. That's what causes us suffering, So someone's saying no to you, someone's saying no to you, you know, interviewing for your dream career, and then you make it to the last round, they go, no. It's like, what are you making that mean, right? It could mean, oh, it's not a great mutual fit. This isn't going to be, you know, the place that you're going to grow old in your career. You know, there's something better out there. That's what it could mean. Or perhaps you create an experience where it means, you're horrible at your job and your skill set isn't good and nobody's going to want you, right? We can go into that spiral at any time. So it's not the no, it's about what we decide it means about us when someone says no. Really focusing on a fear of rejection, that's us putting energy into the undesirables, Okay, so a lot of the times the fear of rejection, we're having this fear from the sidelines. This is something I see with so many incredible women who I work with or they're in my community. They have this fear of rejection, yet the fear is forming from the sidelines. So these are women who, you know, they're not actually dating right now. And a lot of the reason they're not actually taking that action is because of that fear of the undesirable things happening. Like, oh my gosh, what if he doesn't think I'm pretty? What if he's disappointed? What if I'm not enough? Fear of rejection, fear of rejection, fear of rejection. And so by giving this fear more life than it ever, ever, ever deserves, it's actually costing you something. And I shared last week around, and I shared this on a post. If you follow me on Instagram at the mindful babe, I shared a post around, you know, other people are missing out by you choosing not to date. Not only is your soulmate, like, where is she? When is she going to show up? I've been looking for her. Not only is that happening, people in your life, your parents, your friends, family, your coworkers, They want to see you happy. They want to see you in that overflow. If you're a mom, your kids, they want to see you happy. They want to see you in a healthy relationship. And when you finally have that person in your life, when you finally have that relationship, imagine how that's going to feel. Imagine the energy you're going to have. Imagine that that voice in the back of your head that you feel now that says, oh my God, you're 32 and you're not 
in a relationship yet and your best friend just got engaged and see that's the voice that's why I do a funny voice because it's silly it's not real it's not true so imagine if that voice was gone that's what's available when you do get into your dream relationship so let's get clear about the fear of rejection so the first thing that you can actually shift with this fear, because it's not about eliminating the fear, it's about overcoming it and making it mean something else and creating something new. So I'm not saying be fearless, it's like, okay, let's dance with this fear. I'm not trying to talk you out of the fear, I'm trying to show you an easier way. I'm trying to show you a new possibility, another way of thinking that you maybe wouldn't have seen while focusing on this fear. That's why I'm here. I'm here to help you get those ahas. So the first thing we want to think about is what am I making this mean about me? So when someone rejects us, you know, things come up for us and it's like, we want to ask, you know, where did I learn that somebody not asking me on a second date where did, where did I pick up that that meant that I'm unworthy or that I messed something up or that I'm going to be single forever? Like who actually taught me that, right? People teach us things. We get taught things from the day we're born, right? And we make meaning out of it. So it's all the two things happen, right? It's like someone shows you something, someone tells you something, and then to cement it and make it become a belief, you have to decide it's true for you. So maybe your ex-boyfriend said, you're just too much. You're just like too high maintenance, right? Maybe your an ex has said that to you. That's just, that's him saying it. And then you created a meaning that, oh my gosh, I'm going to be a lot for someone to handle. So if you believe that and then you go on a date where you feel like you're like, I was being really outgoing and he didn't ask me out again. Oh, it's because I'm too much. It's because I'm high maintenance. Darn it. I showed that part of me too soon. And that's not actually true, right? Maybe in sixth grade, someone bullied you and called you ugly Or was like, ew, she's gross. Those things sting and those things hurt. And you could say, oh, well, Valerie, that was when I was 12. (laughs) Yeah. And we still have trauma. We still have stuff come up from us for us that happened when we were a kid. If we don't do the work to really challenge the beliefs and get really clear on the beliefs, that's the thing. You're probably not aware of what's running in the back of your mind, that programming. 97% of your thoughts happen unconsciously. If it's your subconscious mind, you may have heard of it. So that means that these beliefs that are getting in your way the most, you don't even hear them. You're not even aware of them. So this is why we can ask ourselves questions like, what am I making this mean about me? What am I making this mean? So someone not firming up plans with you, right? And he said, hey, you want to get together on Saturday? And you're like, sure. And then Saturday rolls around. You don't hear from him. What do you make that mean about you? Maybe you had an experience. Maybe it was kind of like a situationship and you were talking with someone and you guys real, you guys had some great times together and you thought it was going to move into something serious. And he shared with you that he didn't want that. 
What are you interpreting that as? What are you making it mean about you? That's how we can get closer to understanding what that belief is. So you can ask yourself these questions the next time you feel like rejection's coming up. Like, what am I making this mean about me? Okay. So that's the first thing. The second shift you can make is deciding that rejection could actually just be redirection. That's a belief I adopt. And I did not make up that phrase that this concept rejection is actually redirection. I believe that I heard it first from Gabby Bernstein. She's incredible. She's the author of Super Attractor, The Universe Has Your Back, Spirit Junkie. In her book, I believe it's in her book, or just I've heard her say these words, rejection is redirection, right? So if you believed that, what could be available for you to believe when somebody doesn't ask you out on that second date or they don't want a commitment with you? So let me put this in perspective for you. So I want you to call to mind something, an experience in your past something that you really wanted, you thought you really wanted it and you didn't get it. Okay. So think about maybe you applied for a college and you thought that was your dream college and you didn't get in, but you ended up going to another college and that's where you met your best friends and you joined the sorority of your dreams. Okay. Or maybe you interviewed for a job that you thought you really wanted and you were really excited. You put your best foot forward and they decided to offer it to someone else, right? But instead, you ended up finding another job at a different company where they paid you more and you got more time off or you got to work from home. So it actually was a way better setup than that other place would have been. Or maybe you applied to live in a certain you know, apartment building that you really wanted and they ran your credit and they were like, nope, sorry, you're not an ideal applicant. And you were crushed. And then you ended up manifesting the most perfect, quaint spot with a way better view where you have way more amenities, you're next door to your favorite restaurant, and it all worked out, right? So that is a case of rejection being redirection. And I've had this experience many, many times. We all have. It's about choosing to focus on that. So you can ask yourself, you know, or rather tell yourself if something doesn't work out, if you don't get asked on that second date, or if the person kind of just exits your life and ghosts, or someone you had a crush on doesn't end up pursuing you and you're like, oh, I feel silly now for even liking him. What if you believe that rejection is actually redirection? What would that open up for you? How would that actually feel? And the next shift you can make is knowing that the no can be followed by the biggest blessing of your life. So what if no, what if hearing a no, what if someone's actions being like, no, what if that actually meant that something better is coming? What if no was a message from God, angels, source, the universe, whichever higher power you subscribe to? What if no was a message from them saying, I've got something better for you. That, that wasn't it. That, that's, not, that's not what I have for you. This is 10 times better. You just wait. Just trust me. Be patient. 
You see, when we allow space and we quiet our mind and we quiet the judgments and we quiet all the beliefs, you actually can open up space for these higher powers, for these voices, these spirits to come in and assist you. So when you quiet your mind, you can receive wisdom of that wasn't for you. There's something better coming. Okay. And another shift is thinking about that someone showing their true colors to you is actually a gift. Okay. So it's a gift if you like someone and maybe you guys have been seeing each other and they let you know that they don't want anything serious. They want to keep it casual or they're not ready for a relationship or, you know, someone, um, you know, flaking on plans. Like he said, Hey, let's hang out this week. And then he never followed up. That actually can be the biggest gift because that shows you what you need to know early on that that's not your person. It's like, oh, thank you for making that easier for me. Thank you for showing me that you're not a guy who I can really trust. You can't, you don't follow through on your word. You said you would call tonight and you didn't. I don't need to, you know, go confront you about it and tell you, ah, just thank you for showing me that so early on. So I know now that we're not a fit and I can keep myself open for better fits. So what if you looked at that as a gift? Because trust me when I say that there are people who are, they can fool you to get what they want. They can actually fool you. And for them, you know, it's, you know, and this is something that narcissistic men do. They will mirror you because they want to, they treat you in the very beginning. That's the only time they do. In the very beginning, they will treat you like you are a prize. They will put you on a pedestal and you will feel like the most incredible human being on this planet. They will make you feel that way. They will fool you. They will say anything to you to get what they want because they want you. So they can fool you in that process. And when we have the opposite experience of that, someone actually letting us down, someone disappointing us, someone you know not being their word in the beginning, that's actually better because it shows you what you need to know to be able to discern, oh, okay, that's not my person. Or at the very least, it's like, oh, okay, now I know what I won't accept. Cool, I'm not available for someone flaking on plans. I'm not available for someone not following through. Great. Got it. Okay. So it can be a gift. And the last shift I want to share with you is that it's okay to not be compatible with somebody. Compatibility is actually the predictor of what's going to make a successful relationship or not. Not attraction, you know, not this, not that. It's compatibility. And there's so many different areas in which you want to be compatible with someone. So I'm not sure if you've ever seen the the show, which I love it, by the way, I got into it recently, Married at First Sight. If you have, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. If not, Married at First Sight, it is a show. It's kind of like an experiment 
it's a reality show. Um, it, it was created by Lifetime and they have it on Netflix. They have it on different streaming places and pretty much it's singles get together and they go through an extensive individual interview process and they are actually matched by experts, by expert matchmakers, psychologists, marriage therapists. They are matched with somebody. And this is like hundreds of thousands of people will come out for this and they will choose, you know, four couples. So that's eight people to be matched. And the thing is you get to be married at first sight. So what that means is that the first time you meet the person that the matchmaker picked for you, you're actually walking down the aisle and marrying them. And it's an experiment. You have eight weeks with that person. Then you decide if you want to continue the marriage or get a divorce. Like the only way out is a divorce. And I know it sounds extreme. If you give the show a chance, you'll see, you're like, oh, you know, this is kind of cool. And they also get tools and they work with the um, psychologist to strengthen their relationship. And it's a great show. Where I'm going with this is that the reason these people are matched is because of compatibility. Doesn't mean it always works out. However, the likelihood of you being compatible with someone who you have similarities and actual lifestyle compatibilities, that gives you a way better chance than just relying on an attraction. So here are things that you can be in not compatible, so incompatible with someone on that would actually make a really big difference. And maybe you've experienced this before. So common things that people can be incompatible on lifestyle, maybe an ideal Friday night to you and to him looks different. Maybe you don't drink. Maybe you have shifted from drinking every single weekend to very rarely and you've become a homebody over the last year. Okay, so you probably wouldn't be compatible with someone whose ideal Friday night includes going out every weekend because one person would have to compromise what they actually like to do. So it would either you be going out more and drinking more or him staying in and dimming that part of him, right? Unless he's like, hey, you know, I, I want to go out less. I just find myself like I don't know what to do. So I go out, right? That's different. Okay, so that's one major area. Another area where compatibility plays a big part is jobs, right? So maybe you're an entrepreneur and you work for yourself. So you have a really flexible schedule. You can work from anywhere, right? You don't need to be your location independent. Maybe he, the person you attract, he's a lawyer or something where he's working a lot and he can't travel a ton. He needs to be, you know, where he needs to be to go to court and all the things, you know, he doesn't get to take as much time off as you. That could be a lifestyle incompatibility. Another area could be around, you know, money. So there's so many facets to it. Maybe he's like, I want to save up money to put a down payment on a house. That's my dream. That's what I want to do. That's what's most important to me. And for you, maybe you're like, oh my God, I actually just want to be able to travel and not worry about money and have all these new experiences all the time. And it's like every month I'm visiting somewhere new, like that really lights me up. So you probably wouldn't be super compatible with that person. So we don't look at those things. However, maybe the person you go on a date with can sniff that out and he's actually doing, he's 
you know, kind of doing it for you. He's pulling the plug for you. So maybe all you're focused on is, wow, he's so cute. He was so polite. And on the date he's learning, he's like, oh, okay, she really, she has a travel bug. She wants to travel. You know, for me, I traveled for four years and I don't see myself traveling, you know, more than once a year. I really want to settle down. I don't know if we're going to be compatible, you know, or if he's like, oh gosh, you know, she is going back to school and that's where a lot of her time is going to be. And for me, I want to spend a lot of time not working. You know, I'm at a place where I can take a lot of time off. Maybe we wouldn't be compatible and that's okay. It's nothing personal. If rejection didn't mean anything besides what you make it mean, what would you make something like that mean? Okay, so rejection is just feedback and feedback is neutral. It's not good or bad. It's what you make of it. So I invite you to shift the story. I'm going to go through these tips again, these um, shifts that you can make. So the first is asking the question whenever that fear comes up, what am I making this mean about me? You know, who taught me that? Why did I choose to believe that? What can I believe instead? The second shift is believing that rejection is actually just redirection. Thank you, Gabby Bernstein. Love that. The next shift is believing that no can be the biggest blessing of your lifetime. No could mean I've got something better for you. The next shift is knowing that somebody showing their true colors to you is a gift. Like it's a gift. And lastly, it's okay to not be compatible. It's okay. In fact, that's good because you want to be moving closer and closer to somebody you're going to be compatible with because that's the difference between you just having a boyfriend and you attracting your dream partner for that lifelong commitment that you are craving, right? That is going to make sure that you have the longevity and the foundation to be able to have a thriving, long lasting relationship. I hope you love this episode so much. If anyone you know could benefit from hearing this episode, please send it to them, post it on your story. And of course, thank you in advance for the incredible reviews that you've been leaving. If you haven't left one yet, I would be so, so grateful. Let me know that you are loving what you're hearing. I love you so much and I'll see you on the next episode. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to the Mindful Babes podcast. I hope you loved today's episode and got some takeaways from the message shared today. If anyone in your life would benefit from hearing this episode, please be generous and share it with them on your story. Tag me on Instagram at the Mindful Babe. And if you're feeling extra generous, please leave a review on the iTunes store. Your reviews are what keeps this podcast going, and I appreciate you so very much. Have an incredible day, babe. Thank you.